millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, the whirlwind is Joe Pasquale was back. He was uh, he's great. on tour. <laughs> he's friend. written another book of horror stories. A bit of a polymath, Joe. He's one. He's one of these blokes. He sets. He just he not deterred by anything. He just no. says if he wants to do something, he just go and do it. So uh, he was on good form today with telling us a few stories. Um, we were also joined by Danny Kelly. There was another big uh, pile up in the uh, cycling because of some idiot in the crowd trying to get a selfie. What can be done? And we talked a bit of football with Danny as well and the. And they're Harry Kane latest and got his take on that as a Spurs fan and Spurs podcaster. Um, we had some clips of the week. Pewter. Fun. And we, from 2004. And uh, we've got a special football match coming up on TalkSport on the 28th of July. Breakfast versus the TalkSport All-Stars. And we spoke to Phil Brown, who is player assistant coach of the TalkSport All-Stars, to get you in the mood for that match in a couple of weeks' time. So, here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And the biggest sporting injustice of the weekend had mm. to be at T20 finals day. A false start by Lanky the Giraffe in the mascots race. Oh, really? And they did. They let it, they let it stand. It was ludicrous. So you got upset about that, did you? Well, I'm not too bad. I'm over it yeah. now. And uh, I got quite upset about the women's cricket yesterday, though. God, so annoying to lose by three runs. Oh, uh, yeah. They, they, should they have played won. well, didn't they? They did, but they should have won. They just ate up too many dot balls in the last few overs. They should have won easily, really. They were in a good position. And conceding 26 off the final over wasn't great. And also, the Barmy Army trumpeter playing Ring My Bell when Lauren Bell took a wicket. Oh, shut up. Oh, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I don't like them anyway. Yeah. Uh, didn't watch much of the tennis. Okay, I saw the I saw them come onto the court. Mm. I think I watched the the tie break in the second set. Yeah, uh, and then I watched the presentation afterwards. I think I watched match point as well. So you got all the best bits. Best bits, yeah. Quite right. long, isn't it? Five hours to play five sets. Yeah. Still, people enjoyed it, I suppose. Yeah. I, I <laughs> Clearly not you. Clearly not me. I never do. No. I just got no patience for it. But uh, once again, proving my point that it's sport for people who don't like sport. Mm. Uh, attending the final were people like Emma Watson. Yeah. Um, she's often at the rugby league. She is actually. Batley, she's yeah. Batley fam. <laughs> Home and away. Ariana Grande. Yeah. She likes a bit of football, doesn't she? Uh, who else? Lily James. Oh, yeah, they're all in, yeah. And they're all in there. Poppy de Levine. Oh, yeah. You always, always see her at uh, London Stadium, big West Ham fan. Yeah, she's often down. Yeah. Millwall, isn't she, Poppy? <laughs> Poppy, yeah. Millwall. No, that's Emily Attack. Oh, okay, right, yeah, yeah. But, well, look, you know, someone's going to give you free tickets to the final right. at Wimbledon. You're not going to say no. Even you'd go, wouldn't you? Well, I might. Just because it's an occasion. I know you'd be drifting in and out. <laughs> <laughs> but still, you know, it's very hard to say no, isn't it, when you're showbiz? Yeah. Um, this bloke was very unhappy about the women's final they wrote to the Sun. Oh, right. I don't know if you had money on it. He said, uh, the Wimbledon ladies' tennis final featured such a lacklustre display from number six seed and heavy favourite Ange Jabeur. Yeah. Several unforced errors and a terrible first serve. She deserved to lose. <laughs> Blimey. It sounds <laughs> like we had money on it. We always used to know when Alan's. Alan had had a bet, <laughs> yeah. didn't he come in and follow I watched the game last night. How could they let that in and you knew he'd had money on yeah, that course. team didn't you yeah, so absolutely. I think that's a pretty did, good chance did remind me of one of those yes and uh, the nice headline well not really it doesn't really work in, in when you read it out loud mm. uh, this is Poster Coglu uh, Poster I'll deliver success so you're supposed to read it as post posty 
Oh, okay. But no one's going to call him Posty, are they? <laughs> He's not a Posty, is he? He's not a Posty. He's not even a Posty. Actually, I, all I've seen <laughs> is him wearing shorts, so he could be a Posty. He could be a Posty. He could well be a Posty, yeah. I think he's acquitting himself quite well, actually. It can't be easy. Yeah. People just keep asking him about Harry Kane. Apparently, watching Henry Sell win the, the junior Wimbledon uh, yesterday, yes. were a lot of Wolves fans. Yeah. Yeah. So it is quite nice. There was quite a lot of uh, sort of a scattering mm. of uh, the old gold. In the in the crowd yesterday. Oh, was there? Oh, they were yeah. actually at the. Oh, I think right. so. Yeah, oh, there right, was a lovely, few Wolves yeah. fans had worn the colours to go. It's always quite good mm. seeing the football shirt uh, in another environment where yeah. you're supporting. Not someone. on Centre Court. <laughs> no, no, you probably wouldn't have got one there. But don't you remember? <laughs> Jay, what's his name? Craig. We've mentioned before when Frank when Frank Skinner was doing art in the West End, yeah. West Brom, because oh, he yeah. like West Brom fans would go. Mm. And they'd still be sitting there in their West Brom shirts. Yeah. <laughs> just have a smattering of home and away West Brom shirts and this West End show. Shout out yeah, he, he went, yeah, because there's a bit in it which is about, it's like a minute and a half sort of very quickly delivered sort of soliloquy that that character mm. has to do that Frank played. Mm. And when he finished it, it always gets a round of applause. You know? Yeah. So when he finished it, he got the round of applause and his voice went, Go on, Frank! <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if we're interested in that then. The, the unlikely mm. places where you saw uh, football shirts might be quite... When they're really out, you know, of the opera. Yeah. You don't often get that, do you? No, you wouldn't. So, well, let us know anyway. We've, uh, we certainly turned uh, at the one of the... Did you see the other story of the last person to win... Uh, that uh, junior Wimbledon competition last year. 61 Brit. years ago, isn't it? It's a it long was time. Stanley Matthews' son. son. yeah. Yeah, that's right. What about that? Stanley, well, funnily enough. Yeah, that's right. Stanley Junior, was he? Yeah, he was. He was the last one to mm. do it. But uh, he sounds quite... We've got to try and get in touch with Henry Sell so we can have a chat because it is some story. He's, his serve, I mean, the quickest serve yesterday in one of the finals, the men's 134 mile an hour he was serving at for a kid of 17. He's that's, had a growth spurt. That's and incredible. He, his serve wasn't the weapon that it is now, but he's gone up, he's shot up to 6-4, and with it, the serve has just got pretty lethal. So uh, we'll have a chat. I'd quite if like we that can to me. I think at this stage, Andy, you having a growth spurt to take you up to 6'4. Yeah. You'd get your own Channel 5 documentary. Yeah, I would really. The man who grew two and a half feet in a week. That's right. You'll grow into it. Yeah. I tell you, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, Derek Mil- Malcolm, the legendary Guardian film critic, he died yeah. at the weekend. I think he was 90, 90, over 90. Right. But I was reading his obituary and uh, it said he spent two years as a national hunt jockey. Oh. I never knew that. But despite 13 wins, he swapped careers, and then he thought, I'd rather be an actor. So right. Then he became a critic. But there you go. I never realised that. No, nor did I, and you got me there. So, um, what else have we got for you this afternoon? Well, in the first hour, we're going to talk a bit of transfer news. Uh, yeah. John has Chelsea Cross- signed any more wingers this morning? Some young Brazilian <laughs> wingers. Yeah, you Portuguese. Do, you do like a 16, 17-year-old Brazilian to come over, don't you? Aki, Mudrick, Sterling, this bloke, Angelo Gabriel, Diego Moreira is another new one, and Kunku. You know, let's have a few more wide players. Yeah, cutting in from uh, the left or the right. I don't know what these people are doing, I have not got a clue. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and uh, Andy Jacobs here mm. on Talk Sport. Um, we mentioned earlier on there was a few wolf shirts in the crowd to watch Henry Searle, who won the, the Junior Wimbledon Championship, the Young Wimbledon Champion. Well done to him, big mm. Wolves fan. Couple of Wolves fans in there. Uh, some of those unlikely places where you've seen the football shirts. Uh, there was a Valencia top in yesterday's final, I suppose, because of Alcaraz. I can guess that. Uh, more on Alcaraz in a minute. Uh, Kyle says I watched Wimbledon yesterday, and there was a lab with a yeah Valencia top, more Valencia tops. Mm. Um, Everton shirt, the recent USA Wales women's game in California. Does that count? Well, it's at a football match, so probably not. Probably David. not. No. Uh, we were thinking sort of slightly more left field than that, but do yeah. let us know anyway. Talksport.com text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet TSH and J. A lot of Argentinian football shirts in the crowd at the rugby on Saturday again against Australia, which was odd. Mm. And how they get out there. Uh, yeah, of course, it's the Women's World Cup starts this weekend. Yeah. Uh, the Neanderthals are coming out the woodwork. Oh, okay. Yeah, we've had uh, this bloke wrote to the star. He said, I don't think TV, radio could give more the Women's World Cup football any more publicity if they tried. Guess it goes to prove it's just not that popular. How does that work? Yeah. <laughs> and don't get me started on the amount of free tickets there'll be to improve the gate numbers. Honestly, well, mate, don't, why, why do people seem so threatened by it? this? Other bloke says, "Who gives a flying one about women's cricket?" Because I mentioned it. It's like women's football. It's rubbish. I'd rather watch seagulls looking for than 
looking for worms more exciting. So it's okay. odd, isn't it? That people feel sort of threatened by it. I don't get it. No, yeah, very much don't so. Watch it, don't watch it. It's fine. Um, do you want to find out about Carlos Alcaraz? He's a man of the people. Is he? Wimbledon winner. Oh, good. Well, uh, as we all know, he's worth a few quid. He, he won two point million, two point one million yesterday God, on top of all the, the money. Price, really? I think it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. God. He's already worth eighteen million quid. Um, mm. But when he goes back to um, Mercia to see his parents, um, El Palmar, um, uh, and um, he stays. Above their kebab house. Really? The Turkessa kebab and pizza takeaway. Yep, he's, he's got his little room in there where he hangs out when he goes and sees his parents. Yeah, £170,000 apartment, apparently. They're very happy there. They've got their business. Yeah. But it, it was good of the son to not just tell us that, but also to point out, punters can pick up a doner kebab for the equivalent of £3.85 <laughs> at the eatery in the small town where the tennis ace grew up. Good to know. So it's it? good to know. So you, you know, if you're going to Mercy, and a lot of people do, a lot of golf courses there, a lot of English people go there. And got places. You want to go around that part and um, maybe go and have a three pound eighty five kebab. You can go with the right money, can't you? Yeah. Just work out what it is in euros, and it means you can turn up, turn up with the right money. It must be four euros. I tell you what, I got it? a women's football story. We never got around to doing this the other day. This was, um, this was uh, archivists at uh, I think a London, yeah, the Metropolitan Archives, London Metropolitan Archives. Mm. They turned up. I mean, you know, talk about you know, people think that women's football is a new phenomenon, but of course it isn't. Um, first organised women's football match played in the capital, this was. The teams represented north and south of the capital, and it was played March 27th, 1895, for the newly formed wow. British Ladies Football uh, mm. Club Cup. According to a report from the sketch uh, at the time, a crowd of 10,000 fans saw the north of London beat the south 7-1 on a playing field near Hornsey in, uh, in North London. Home advantage. Yes, yeah, so they've got all these pictures. Basically, um, Nettie J. Honeyball of Crouch End just put an ad in the sketch. Good old Nettie. She said, we're looking for players to join a new women's football team. Uh, practice sessions were uh, with guidance from Tottenham Hotspur centre-half, John Williams, um, go, come along and try out. So all these people did, and 10,000 people went and watched. Wow. So big crowds. There you go. All those years ago. Uh, yeah, 1895. Oh, don't go on about women's football. Oh, I'm sorry. I did. Yeah, I know some people would rather watch. What was it? I can't Pigeons eat worms. Pigeons eat Strange worms. turn of phrase. Uh, Mr. Kipling's prices have almost tripled in I two know. years. Yeah, I saw that, Andy. Yeah. They do make exceedingly expensive cakes. <laughs> they do. There we are. Not had that ad for about 40 years. But there. But that's what the bloke sounded like. He did, actually. Yeah. He got a lot of voiceover work. Sounding like that. It was he an did. odd. I know. It was very odd, odd choice, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Rory McIlroy was talking about beating the youngsters yesterday. I don't mm. know why. He's only 34. Yes. <laughs> really strange mm. turn of phrase. Uh, what else have we got here? Oh, yeah, I did that one about her. Beefy Botham, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah. 225 grand <clears throat> for that memorabilia. He's downsizing, apparently, yeah, in terms of... Um, so he's, he sold off a load of stuff. I mean, how much room was a cricket ball take up? Yeah, really? that's true, or a stump. <laughs> yeah. But looking at the prices, I mean, there was some pretty iconic stuff there. Yeah. Um, so uh, the stump, one of the stumps he took out from the 81 Headingley Test, that went for a... Uh, Eleven thousand pounds. The one famously was pictured with it. That's end, right yeah. at the end. Yeah, yeah. The ball, which he took the five wickets for one run in that match, um, twenty thousand pounds. It went under the hammer at the Oval. And the sweater, yeah. which is the thing I like the most, the England sweater, the old-fashioned one with the three lines on it, that was undisclosed. Oh, okay. Are there any add-ons? Well, if this all went to private <laughs> collectors, or whether. Um, whether it's going to end up at the Lord's Museum or something yeah, like that, well, or probably in the Headingley Museum, you would think, for quite a lot of it. it. And uh, Mar uh, Marcus Rashford does so much for, for mm. footballers and the image and what, all the great work, but he sort of slightly undid it with the parking <coughs> that he did on Saturday. Did you see this? He left yeah. his 700 grand motor on double yellow lines. Did he? It looked to me like there were, he had a driver or he was, and he was just dropping something off and then driving off. Oh, you reckon? Well, it, it looked Could like have been, that. yeah. 
It didn't look like he parked it there, did it? It made it look bad, though, because he looked half on the pavement, yeah. half on the road. But, yeah, you could, it's easy. Why would the papers be going out their way to make footballers look bad, though, Andy? No when, does that, when does that ever it happen? I mean, it, happened, it may be it? the case, but it, <laughs> it certainly looked like someone was going to drive it away <laughs> straight away. I'd only be a couple of minutes, mate, is probably what he said. Yeah, you might have been, yeah. yeah. Uh, a trainee butcher was stunned to see <clears> the angry face of Homer Simpson oh. glaring back at him in a lamb chop. <laughs> it's fantastic, isn't That's it? That's the story of the day, Andy, yeah. definitely. I think it looks more like his dad, Abe Simpson. It doesn't really look like Homer. Oh, can't blame me. You are critiquing that, aren't you? That does take some doing. At what point did you think that? Anyway, he, did, <clears> he, he said that the chop sold very quickly. Right. So he didn't keep it as a sort of souvenir. You're not sure about Jimmy Anderson coming back in, I understand, though? No, I'm not. I, I think it's a bit surprising. We'll mm. see. I mean, he, he didn't bowl brilliantly in the first two tests. All right, the conditions and the pitch didn't suit him, but there were parts when the conditions did suit him. He still didn't. He's, you can't question what a brilliant, brilliant bowler he's been, but you have to say that the tongue out-bowled him at Lords. is a little bit unlucky yeah. not to be mm. in, but, well, you know, well, we'll see. He'll probably take uh, five wickets in each inning. So. Yeah, well, he has got the Jimmy Anderson end. He'll probably well, hopefully be... the conditions will suit him and mm. that'll be good. Uh, Fred Syriax's daughter, she made history yesterday by oh, winning yeah. the first ever World Aquatic Championships diving medal with her partner, Louise Tolson. Right, OK. Yeah, that was impressive, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, good old Fred. Yep, so that was good. Uh, anything else? No, I think that could be it, really. You've exhausted the lot, well, have you? Yeah, I've had, uh, Mike Dean, he's hung up his everything, he's hung up his VAR. Hang up his everything? Well, he's hung up his whistle, now yeah. he's hung up his VAR. <laughs> That's right. How do you hang up your VAR? Yeah, just put your fist through the screen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's what I do. He's, that's what he did the last day when he just put his fist <laughs> through the screen. <laughs> he's going to be working on with, Soccer Saturday. On Soccer Saturday. Simon mm. Thomas has got the gig. Uh, congratulations mm. to them both. And uh, Mike will be there as as the permanent kind of expert yeah. on VAR I think he in the studio. showbiz. I saw he was in Ted Lasso. He was, yeah, he's there. popped up in Ted Lasso. There was something else he popped up in, and I can't remember what it was, but it made me laugh when he turned up. I can't remember. Naked Attraction, was it? <laughs> just, I'm just guessing, I don't, I don't know. I think it was. be a shock, wouldn't it, really? <laughs> it Referee special. It would be. <laughs> Fantastic. What about that? That's not good, really, yeah. is it? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, um, yeah, that will be starting next season. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, it's always good to have a refereeing person. I mean, it's so key now with VAR, yeah, isn't it? And he's true. just been doing the job. So uh, it'll bring a great deal of insight to it, I'm sure. So, um, still to come then. Oh, yeah, we're going to bring you news of a special football match, which we'll be, um, we'll be hosting uh, mm. an inter-talk sport game. Uh, oh, we'll bring you some more details. It? It's an All-Stars team versus Breakfast, isn't it? It's the Talk Sport All-Stars. Oh, it's not Breakfast Feed Drive like no. it always used to be. It's an All-Stars. Oh, All-Stars. So okay. we'll, bring you, we'll bring you details of that, a little bit more flesh on the bones for you and some of the people that you'll be able to see in action uh, a little bit later on. Uh, as we said, Danny Kelly's going to be joining us very shortly. We'll need to talk a bit of football with him as well. Um, Andy Brassel's going to look at some of the big stories from around Europe. And uh, I think Kylian Mbappe had a report back to training today. He's had a bit of a thing going on, of course, with his club um, PSG. Uh, they want him to move on if he's not going to stay. He's not prepared to sign a new contract. So I wonder what the atmosphere was like on his return to training. We'll talk to Andy about that and look at some Newcastle looking to buy somebody from Napoli. If they pull that one off, that will be a signing and a half. I can't see that. They're so hard to buy from Napoli. Uh, We'll be chatting about that, except when they want players to go, like Koulibaly. Oh, yeah, that was... (laughs) That was a good fleecing. <laughs> they, they <laughs> emptied your pockets, didn't they? Yes. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. It is a rest day. Uh, second rest day in the mm. Tour de France. Um, but yesterday we saw a pretty nasty uh, 20 bike pile up when uh, one spectator decided it would be a good idea to thrust his mobile phone to try and get a selfie with the riders they were coming along. Um, and caught one of the riders who swerved and took a bunch of other riders out. So we said 20 bikes. So I think everybody was in one piece. Um, but still. Um, hmm. What can be done? Not the first time it's happened. We've been um, discussing the tour um, with Danny Kelly over the last couple of weeks, and uh, he'll do a bit of football. But he joins us now initially to chat about that. Good afternoon, Danny. Good evening, chaps. How, good afternoon, brother. How are you? Good, good thank you. Yeah, look, well, it's one of the great joys, really. And you know, you can't fence everywhere off. Um, and even there, there was a fence, but they didn't stop the guy just thrusting his phone out. But it's, I, I don't know, it just, I don't quite know what the answer is, but people just have a, have a little bit more respect for these guys, don't they, when they're riding? Andy, you, you've, you've hit the nail directly on the head there because there is a, a d- distinct conflict between the popularity of the, of the tour um, and its increasing popularity and the fact that uh, spectators... Uh, have now twice in three years really, really affected the race from the side of the road. Look, um, literally, I mean, it's, you, you, it's very hard to say this about most spectator sports. In the course of the three weeks, millions of people will have seen it with their own eyes, would have stood by the side of the road. A couple of things have happened, of course. One, every minute of it is now televised, where it used to be only the last couple of hours. So m- people have more reason. The, the lady who caused the crash two years ago at the sign to her grandmother and mm. grandfather. Um, that was because she wanted to be on television. And the, so you have multiplied by about um, 200% the opportunities for people to get involved because it's on TV. The new technology of the mobile phone, this is not the first time this has happened in professional cycling. The fella put the phone out um, in order to get that selfie of, the, of the, the peloton coming through the town at high speed. And the slightest touch at that kind of speed, I call it the Gareth Bale syndrome, mm. the slightest touch at that speed is going to bring people down. Now, we were lucky that nobody was badly hurt. Um, and indeed, afterwards, Sepp Koos, the man who was initially touched by this mobile phone, was very generous. He said, we're very tired after two weeks. And but I say uh, two weeks, but there have been a particularly hard tour. Perhaps my concentration wasn't 100% what it should be, but obviously it shouldn't be his job no. on the road at that moment to be watching out for, 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 for mobile phones. Equally, the previous day when Pagacha's uh, progress up the mountain, his sprint up the mountain was impeded by the motorcycles because they couldn't get through the crowd either, um, shows what a difficult job that the authorities have got because, Paul and Andy, all those of you still listening um the the fact of the matter is it gets more and more popular one of the joys of it is that unlike any other major sporting event it happens in public it's Mm. not in a stadium it's not contained now they've gone a long way to try and sort out some of these things the latter stages on the mountain finishes have been buried off in a way they haven't been in the past um but it's impossible i mean the answer to your question paul it is impossible to police every single person watching that race. And also, you don't want to sanitise to the point where where it's not the unique event that it is today. But the woman who did this two years ago, or three years ago, whenever it was... Yeah, two years ago, She yeah. only got... I really, it was really yesterday. Did she get a fine of about a, a euro or something? It was, it a was real one n- euro. Yeah. It was a token fine um, because, you know... Andy, I, I, mm. I can't speak for the judge. I mean, it, it was thought to have been a kind of innocent thing that went badly, badly wrong. But bear in mind that time... They weren't so lucky. Um, she hit Tony Martin, um, the German sprinter. He went down in a heap. Eight others went down. I mean, one of them, Mark Soler, who's thankfully in the race this year, ended up with both arms broken, both of them, mm. from that crash, just from her, you know, every event you see, you know, um, from it's from the bloke 
um, putting the, um, how can we put it, the toy in Matey Boy's ear at, at Everton's training ground all those years ago. <laughs> There's always stuff going on in the background. She puts out a sign saying hello to her granny and her granddad. And next thing, Mark Soler's got a double cast on his arms. Uh, yes, I, I think it was, it wasn't thought to be malicious, Andy, but it was, it, you know, I could see people perhaps in, you know, maybe even in Britain doing their nuts saying, she got what, a one euro fine? No, it was very odd. Well, he, I mean, um, Jonas Finger goes in the lead at the moment mm. in the race, said yesterday after this crash, uh, I'd like to tell the spectators to enjoy the race and be there to cheer for us without standing on the road or pouring beer on us. So it's not uh, just this sort yeah, of thing. All God. sorts of stuff uh, goes on. All sorts of stuff gets thrown at them for some reason. Um, yeah, they, they, I mean, this started out innocently enough on the very hot <clears> stages, particularly going uphill, where the riders are going slow enough to have to have almost intimate contact with the crowds and people started pouring water over them. Um, now, that didn't seem to bother people, the riders too much because, of course, you know, any, any cooling agent is welcome. But then, for some reason, and I suspect that the word beer is the important one in this sentence, <laughs> they started throwing beer over them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's less good because it's sticky and it's smelly and all the rest of it. They've got enough to deal with, I think, at yeah. the top of those mountains without um, having to lick um, Carling Black Label off their top hip, you know? <laughs> now, onto the football. I had a dream, mm. uh, as a famous man once said, but not yeah. as profound as his. <laughs> this was... I mean, I've clearly conditioned myself... F- for it to be a slow start for Tottenham under Ange Postacoglu. He's basically told us it takes a while for him to get his ideas across. And I dreamt yes. last night <laughs> that we were 5-0 down to Arsenal. I take it it's because they've done a lot of good business and that's there in my subconscious. That's isn't not it? a good dream. We're 5-0 down. The fifth goal has gone in, but I'm sitting around with all my mates and the people that sit around me saying, don't worry, it's all going in the right direction. I can see what he's trying to do. <laughs> But yeah. and, and that's that's the that's the that's it. I've got no more than that. Nothing else Andy, happens. Peggy Mount so doesn't wander in. No, no. You know, Paul, did, as a, uh, yeah. The question I ask you: When you woke up, did you find yourself trusting the process? Because that phrase is going to be thrust down our throats. <laughs> I did. I, I I felt quite chill. I mean, obviously, I didn't like to lose five near Arsenal. Who does? But I was still feeling. I was quite mellow. I didn't. I didn't regard it as a nightmare. I mean, look, must have been a dream. Havertz got a hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what, looking at what's going on, look, you know, there seems to be. A good vibe about the players. I know that means absolutely nothing, but I mean, I'm I'm actually quite looking forward to next season, which uh, I Paul, necessarily that, that, normally say. That vibe, um, which you describe, uh, let's see how it survives uh, the possible sale of Harry Kane, mm. because my my vibes are okay. I will give this bloke a chance, see how he gets on. Um, he talks a good fight. I think it's quite hard to translate that into front foot action in the, something as competitive as a Premier League. But if Spurs sell Harry Kane, you're going to see a very different vibe indeed because he's yeah. irreplaceable. And um, I put, I mean, I'm mean, i not, I'm not prognosticating this. I'm not predicting this. I'm not hoping for this. But if Kane was to go, you know, and we seem to be being softened up a little bit, but maybe it's just the Germans, I don't know, then the best player in the team, given Son's struggles last year, would probably be James Madison. What happened to the last team in which James Madison was the best player? Mm. Yes. Uh, I, I'm yes. not suggesting that, but but you know, that's that, that's how competitive the Premier League is. You can't be you can't be letting go your most your your most important players. And if if Daniel Levy wants any proof of that, all he's got to do is look three feet across the negotiating table. Bayern Munich's season last year was a mess. It almost resulted in them losing the league title in Germany for, for the first time in eleven years. Why? Because they sold an irreplaceable centre forward. Mm. Can't do it. Well, it's going to be. We're going to have a Chelsea chat. Chelsea sold about nine players. Don't worry about it. We're going to we're going to have a chat with Andy Bruss a little bit later. I'm sure you guys touching it on Trans Europe Express, but he's um, he's having to counsel me live on air. Like, <laughs> he doesn't get extra money or anything. Yeah, I think be all right. I, yeah, Uli Hernis though. He's always he's always coming up with something, isn't I he? See, I, mean, see, I absolutely I mean, can't see Kane going. It just seems let's, impossible. Let's speak clearly. Uli mm. Hernis got worse since he came out of prison, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, you weren't yeah. expecting that, were you? No, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> him and uh, he'll, yeah, uh, he's still got. He's still well connected. He'll have old uh, knuckles and razors. He, the boats he was sharing a cell with, they'll be looking for you, Danny. Definitely. When uh, he when only, the he only I mean, I, when I was researching this mm. yesterday uh, for retaliatory purposes, mm. um, he only he was only sharing a cell for the first two weeks of his incarceration for, for tax fraud. Right. Um, he uh, he then he then had his own room. 
And indeed, I, I like the I can't quite like the German system. I mean, he was out of prison most days. He just had to go back there for the evening. Wow. I mean, you know, provided you get fed in a nice bed, that's not the worst system ever, is it's it? Just, so he just pop back in the evenings, would he? Oh, yeah, could pop back after, <laughs> after porridge on the telly, yeah. That's fantastic. Well, what time can we expect you back, really? Well, I might go for a bit of dinner. So, what well, should we say, 8 o'clock? Oh, yeah, that'll be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> just, just leave, it, leave, leave a key Mr. under the flower pot, I'll be back. Like Mr Bridger. Goodness <laughs> sake. <laughs> Cup of tea, Mr Hurness. Oh, don't mind if I... A genial, genial Uli Hurness. Yeah, like Harry Grout, dear me. <laughs> The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. <laughs> Joe Pasquale is joining us in the studio. Uh, Joe, good to see you. Uh, hello, boys. How are you? Yeah, we're yeah, good. good. Have you seen the new uh, Mission Impossible yet? I love Mission Impossible. It's fantastic. Because the thing is, he's the same age as me now. He's like 61, 62. I'm 62 mm. next month. I think he's the same age as me. right? And you just said, you look good, Joe. I look good, but I don't look like Tom Cruise. <laughs> no, right? none of us look like Tom Cruise. No, no, other than Tom Cruise. But the thing is, what you notice, though, he hasn't got a single grey hair on his head. Yeah. Not one in that movie, right? And I remember, because it's slightly orange. It goes, when, when you get to a certain age, as you know, mm. right, and it starts going white, it loses um, the, the pigment in the, in the hair. You just, you don't know what I'm talking about here at all, do you, love? But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what very harsh. I'm sorry, it's true. So what happens is, it, 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 it just starts going white. I forgot, what, is it melanin or whatever it is? Oh, yeah. It goes out of it, right? And so when they start dying it, I worked with uh, Engelbert Umperdenk a long time ago, right? And, you, and when you get close to Engelbert, he's hair, it's like, it's, it goes like Mrs Slocum's colour because I've dyed it, <laughs> right? And it doesn't work. But I didn't really think, a couple of years ago I was doing Saturday Night Takeaway and they had Will <clears> Smith <throat> on before the slap business, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They had Will Smith on. I thought, if I go on there with Will Smith and Anton Deck, I'm going to look like a really old man with his white hair. So I went down to Boots and I've got this thing, it was just a, a washing dye thing, yeah, yeah, right? right? And it said, last 20 washes and blah, blah, blah. It was like a moose. And I thought, what colour? I didn't I'd like to ask anyone about it, so I was a bit embarrassed. So I got this one, it said mahogany. I thought, that's the colour. <laughs> Oh, That's they? dark brown, that is. So, of course, I put it on that night. This was on a Friday night. And I sat there watching the telly Friday night. My son was there and my daughter. And after about half hour, my son went, Dad, what's wrong with your hair? So I went, what do you mean? What's wrong with my hair? Nothing. He went, yeah, there is. And my daughter went, yeah, something's bad with your hair, Dad. I went, what? And I looked in the mirror. I kid you not, all my white hair went pink. I don't know why. All the white hair didn't go brown. It went pink. Right? And I looked, oh, no, I looked like Danny LaRue, right? And, of course, I went to wash it out. Last 20 washes. I do not do that go on live telly, not with grey hair. I don't know, pink hair. I looked, it was terrible. It was the worst decision I ever made. And I said, from then on, I am never, ever going to do anything with my hair. Just let it go. And then I watched Mission Impossible, and you see, he's going there. He's looking a bit like Engelbert. Oh, you know, right. He's, looking a he's bit, going a bit Engelbert. It's a bit pinky, do you know what I mean? It, yeah. has a, it has a red hue to it. And so I think, oh, he looks amazing. You can't take it away yeah. from him, and His hair just looks a strange colour now. You do all your own stunts as well, then, yeah. like him, don't you? Yeah, Steve? oh, yeah, I yeah, do, yeah. 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 Well, he, he goes off, this, he goes off a, a, a cliff, right? Yeah. He must be doing, like, 70 on this motorbike. And you can see, it's different watching it. If you know someone's done it with CGI, but when you actually see them doing it, and you know he's done that stunt, mm. right? And he's come off that motorbike, and he must be a mile up, and he's done 70 miles an hour with a parachute on his back, and he ju- the motorbike drops away from him, he opens the parachute, and then he lands it really cool as well. He goes, blimey, I just wish I had a little bit of Tom Cruise in me, but not the hair. <laughs> I've now, just seen this picture of you. Mm. It says Joe Pasquale's body transformation. Is that? Yeah, that that was a bad, yeah. That's not, not today you, though. You came and told us about that. Yeah, you, I did. You, yeah. you started boxing and stuff. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Into it, yeah. yeah but, but I put on a little bit of a not not a lot, but I put on about half a stone. That is enough. You have to if you want to keep that sort of body, you have to do it all the time. Yeah. And I remember it was Chris Pratt who was doing um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah. And he got into shape because he was quite a big bloke from. He was in uh, Parks and Rec. Parks yeah, and Rec. Yeah. 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 And yeah. then he got this this part in the movie and he got his own trainer, all that malarkey. And he said that you can't eat any anything that you, you know you can't eat it and he said it's like an old kid and ju- it just blooms for a day and the next day you have a bit of chocolate poof, it's gone yeah and i was reading about the rock the other day he said he hasn't had any candy since about 1987 he said he not not a piece of chocolate not even a, bit of, stick, even a of stick of rock yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, gone for that, wouldn't you? now a very self-deprecating uh, mm-hmm. title for your tour the new normal 40 years of cack yeah <laughs> yeah i can't believe you even have me on this show this is what i love about this fish coming here because you know I know nothing about sport and you let me go on all the time just talking about cack. It's yeah. great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you, you still love going on the road, didn't you? Oh. I mean, even people make this assumption they don't see you on the telly, you're not working, but no. you've constantly oh. toured for years and years. Years and you? years, except for that lockdown period of time, you know. Mm. So I, I got a bit fed up, not of the gigs itself, mm. but of the travelling. That's, that's the worst thing. Because you do, you know, you're ending up doing a thousand 
2,000 miles a week. Mm. That's what you end up doing, just driving up and down the country. And then you end up eating a load of Jensen's pasties and those sandwiches and sausage rolls and that sort of stuff. You start putting weight on it. It starts to get you down a little bit. And the gigs are the best part of the day. Mm. Uh, and I got a little bit fed up of it. And then it got taken away from me for obvious reasons, you know, for, for COVID. Mm. And nobody in our business did anything. You, I know you probably continue to work here. Yeah, yeah. But for uh, stage work, you know, the theatre work, and it wasn't just the turns. It was also the people backstage. It was mm. the, the crew. It was the makeup people. It was the wig people. the costume mm. people. Front house people. And it just got taken away. And for that two years, I was ended up just being a bloke in his pants at home. That was it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just a bloke in his pants because I live on my own. I'm pant man. That's what I am. <laughs> so what do I do? And it, that's what, then you realise that's what defines who I am. Mm. If I haven't got out, that outlet of my personality, what do I do? I just watch box sets and ate a load of... I ran a lot, though. I did keep myself fit. Mm. But uh, but at the end of it, and then I had a gig come up at the London Palladium um, with Lee Mead, and, uh, and then I thought, what happens if I'm, I don't remember? Not that I couldn't remember what I used to do, but it was, mm. could I remember who I used to be on stage? That was wow. important because I know it sounds a bit existential, that, but when I went out there, I thought, well, if, I, if it's just me doing it and that bloke don't turn up, then what am I going to do? Yeah. But it was a really weird thing. It was like an outside picture. As I walked out there, I was looked looked like I was watching myself do it. And then that bloke mm. just came in and took over for me and, and allowed it to happen. Muscle memory, It I was guess. exactly what it was. But yeah, after yeah. two years, you weren't sure if it was going to be there. And it was. It was very You're strange. also telling this, Joe, that you have to... You, you were Michael Ball yesterday, and he's, mm. he's lost a load of weight, you say, but part of it, he's on stage, and yeah. it's about eating habits. He said, when you're touring or when you're doing panto or a bit of theatre, yeah. you've got to watch the sort of times you eat, because it can... Last thing you want, you're on stage is be a bit have a I'd be a bit windy. Oh, a bit windy. Well, I I tend to blow off a lot, though. Oh, I'm okay. at the age where I do blow off a lot. I'm not, <laughs> allowed, not sure if you'd say blow off or whatever, but, mm, you know... You've said it now. I've yeah. said blow it's off. It's out there. It's well, out I, there. I, I anyway. Not at the moment. <laughs> not in this studio. But I do blow off a lot. And, and sometimes I was doing spam a lot. I remember in spam a lot um, in town, the West End, and, you you know, you've got the uh, the DSM, which is Deputy Stage Manager, in the corner, and they're calling the show out of queues, uh, lights, uh, queue 26, and the, the lights will come off of that queue and they'll bring the cloth in. Whatever is happening, and they they make stage notes as well all the time about what's going on. They have to be sent to the uh, the producer at the end of each night, right? Mm-hmm. The, the notes of what's going on. Uh, and if you did something wrong in the in the show, it would be noted and sent to the producer, and they would read what's going on in the show that night. <laughs> and invariably, it would say Mr. Pasquale blew off, and the rest of the cast were laughing at it. You know, oh, but, okay. but it was fine. Like spam- yeah, in, spa- in Spamalot, you know, the Monty and Monty Python musical, you could get away with that. If you're doing something like Aspects of Love with Michael Ball, and you're going to let one go. I don't yeah. think that, yeah, you're in the middle of Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> the third... Oh, it wouldn't no. be the same. Yeah, Christine, be. Uh, Christine might be able to hold it in. It, it wouldn't be, be It wouldn't be the it's same, the would same. it? And you've got a new... Yeah, you've talked to us about this. your love of horror fiction and yeah. you've written... You've got a new collection of short stories. They're a bit quite... Sc- Quite sweary, quite dark, Joe. Probably oh. a side of your personality people don't know. No, but this is, I think there's a balance to it in everything. If you've got that, that that much levity in your life, which I do have, I find humour in everything, there is a dark side as well. Mm. And that has to come out somewhere. Otherwise, you know, w- w- if it stays inside, that's not a good thing. But I like being scared, and I like to scare other people, because they're not, as you said, they're not for the faint-hearted, they're no. not for kids, the proper 18 is over. And I think there's something inherent inside us, really, that would need to be scared, because we ain't being chased by saber-toothed tigers anymore. No. Right. And that was where I'm our not. fear came from. Well, yeah, not yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. They might bring it back with a bit. Oh, you're yeah. cloning them. But you know, so I think something inside us as, as humans in our makeup that fear. That's why we're people like going on roller coasters because yeah. they want to be scared. So somewhere inside us, we need that gene, and it needs to be exercised. And and I like being scared. That's why I still get scared going on stage. Still scares really? me. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I love it. But that's why I learned to fly. I hated flying, uh, and so I thought I learned to fly. But nobody will come with me. They will nobody will fly <laughs> with me. They won't even sit on the same settee as me. Let alone come in. A plane, <laughs> uh, but I love flying, and I yeah. love. I've done a few parachute jumps. Have you ever done a parachute? No, jump? I have no. No, I remember. Again, you've talked to us about it. Yeah, you, this is the way you've confronted <laughs> your fears, isn't it? You, you know. have to do it. It's the most alive you will ever feel. Yeah. Without word of a lie, right? You might feel, oh, I'm going out for a drink tonight. Whatever it is you're going to do, you're going fast in a car. You're on a roller coaster. Whatever it is, nothing scares you, and nothing makes you feel more alive than jumping out of a plane. And when you're coming down, you're thinking, if this don't open, I am actually going to die. Yeah. I'm going to on the floor, yeah. right? And then when it opens, you, the relief. Uh, is so fantastic and when you glide down for the next five minutes you're going this is the most alive I will ever be mm. 
Wow, okay. I'm still not doing no. it. <laughs> I didn't think you, I you saw said, you pop up in a, a profile on Bradley Walsh, and that was interesting. Very interesting show. Anyway. Oh, yeah. But also about your, you know, obviously the, that you worked with him and how yeah. you both yeah. came up together. Yeah. It was yeah. very interesting. Yeah, we, we, grew up, we grew up together in the business because it was both in our late teens, early 20s when we started doing talent shows, and Brad always won and I always came last. <laughs> and then we ended up going to, to starting to do a lot of CSE tours for Combined Service Entertainment, and we went to uh, Iraq and Belize and all sorts of places and uh, and that was where we really cut our teeth you know working the junior ranks in the middle of a jungle somewhere yeah. and uh, yeah so we've been mates for about getting on for 40 years now yeah. it's scary yeah He's busy. Old. He couldn't be busy, could he? He's Have you had Brad in recently then? I'm not, he's not been in recently. No, no he's been in over the years though. Yeah, so I'll see him now again. you should get him in a go because he's doing glad. But I, I thought, are they using the same old gladiators? But they're not, they've got new ones. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a bit sort of, yeah. Yeah, because they'd be our age now. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'd all have a lot of big plasters on their knees yeah. and something, yeah. Yeah, walking frames and all of that. But yeah, I'm, I'm mm. pleased it's kind. I used to love gladiators, but I, I knew a lot of the lads and the ladies that did it as well. They were really. They were good sports. They were yeah. great, good, good athletes as well, though. So you get you get underway next week, Joe. Your tour? Yeah, starting Epsom next week. I can't wait. So it scares, still scares me because and and you never get complacent with it. But what's great, you can go and talk about your tortoise or your bad knee or I've got Veruca as well. Oh, and OK. Have you heard of Veruca? That's the first hour. I'll be in the pub one year when I was at school. So when we got one of the local swimming yeah, bars. Yeah, swimming oh, it burnt it off. Oh, oh, it was really... Was it, when they, did they say really? burnt? Did they do it with ice? With like a, a freezing? No, it, they... no, and this was the old days. I'm talking about in the 70s. They took a sort of flamethrower to it. I can still feel it now. <laughs> well, I, I, used to, red. I used to be at a holiday camp, started my holiday camp, and I was calling bingo and refereeing wrestling, but you also had to do all the other jobs, right? <laughs> yeah. And one of the jobs was uh it was like a lifeguard but because it was only three foot six deep you didn't have to be able to swim just mm. wade yeah. so it was fine and there was a bloke turned up one day i knew him and he only had one eye he had a glass eye and he's walking down really cool he's like the pink panther walking around really cool and he couldn't see the sign on the side saying uh no diving because it was his glass oh, eye side right no, no, and he no. dives in oh. and of course he bangs his head oh. and, and his glass eye pops out he, oh, he comes God. out the water I go well oh, bang my head there and all the other ladies old ladies in the pool go oh my god he's lost an eye and they didn't know it was a fake one that he's you know, a glass one so he goes right come there's a glass one. anyway they get it was like the scene from Jaws everybody's getting out of the water and I had to go and find it before him because he couldn't find it it was on the bottom of the pool yeah. and I said what colour is it right and he went it was the same colour as this one yeah. which was his own eye right what's that? blue yeah. and of course the bottom of the swimming pool was blue as blue. well yeah. so we're feeling about trying to find it and in the end I kept kicking it I found it I kicked it and in the end I found it I got it wedged between my big toe and my next toe and I lifted my foot out of the water it was stuck in between the toes like that and he went that's it I thought well it's not going to be a different one is it well, the fact you even asked what colour it was, Joe, like, if he'd spotted a green one, you would have left it I wouldn't, there, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have got it. But then he took it out between my toes. He went, yeah, that's definitely it. And he popped it in his mouth and he sucked it for a minute and then popped it back in his eye. Oh and I goodness. didn't want to tell him that I'd had a Veruca, oh, right? No. And so I thought, if he turns up a Veruca on his yeah, nose mate. or his eye. <laughs> well, Joe, lovely to see you as always. Thank I'm sorry, I just in. keep rabbiting. I yeah, just it's all right. It. No, it's, it's lovely to see you. Uh, so you can go and see Joe on tour around the country. So start an Epsom next week. The new normal, 40 years of CAC. Yes. All around the country right through to October. And of Mice and Wolfmen, uh, with a forward by uh, Bradley Walsh, is available now, uh, Joe Pasquale's new book, JoePasquale.com. Well, is that where we can find details of the book? You can, book? yeah, but yes, yeah, JoePasquale.com. It's on Amazon, all those usual malarkey places. Thanks for having me on, but I love coming here because I know nothing about sport, but you let me come and I love it. Thank Even you. though one of the chapters is called The Umpire Strikes oh, Back. And you it's have got to a read that. That's the first one, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a really good story. Even yeah. I say something, it's a very good story, yeah. Thank you, Joe. Lovely to see you. And also, the last 15 minutes, so you know, do it, if you need constipation problems, that will sort you Perfect. out. Just one story. <laughs> that was <laughs> it, one story. <laughs> Thank you, lads. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Well, it's Clips of the Week pewter. It uh, is. Of a Monday. Uh, These, again, have been dusted off from 2004. And the the producer has a little listen through some clips of that vintage and picks what he regards as the best ones. We've not heard them Mm. since. As we said, they've just been sort of gathering dust in a corner somewhere, but they've been saved for for the nation. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Anyway... Uh, let's hope for the best day. Eh? In we go. We begin with Mark Nicholas fronting Talk Sports coverage of England's tour of the West Indies. Talk Sport at the test. 
I'll try again. 209 for eight. Sorry for that interference on our line. I know that Nick was a bit embarrassed, our engineer behind us, but uh, we seem to have cleared the problem. Yeah, it didn't sound like interference. You just you couldn't speak properly. It's not like him. He's not a man normally lost for words, is he? Here's Nigel Botherway with a caller on Fisherman's Blues. I'll tell you the best place or one of the best places in the country for particles is Hinders of Swindon. Hinders? Yeah, I know Swindon's away from you, away from you, but they do do mail order. H-I-N-D? Uh, E-R-S. E-R-S. I've got their 2004 catalogue in my bag and I've just fished it out while we've been talking. He even fishes out the catalogue. That's amazing. I wonder what he used. A lunch of meat on a pole, I reckon. That was the bait he would have used to what fish. What great for hinders of Swindon. Yeah, they're still I hope going. they're still going. We're going to look them up. I'll look, look them up, up while you do this clip, Andy. <laughs> Here's Mike Parry with Alan Brazil. But why are Ipswich playing Harry Carey at this stage of the season, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> he's a good player Harry, Harry. Tremendous yeah. Harry yeah. he's one of our own Harry Carey <laughs> um, staying with Mr Parry and uh, Big Alan Brazil here they are reading out a text I can't believe it this man Tim and Durham Durham I thought you were mm-hmm. going to go and buy a flat in old Durham town I'm going to leave old Durham town I'm going to leave old Durham town. Go on, Roger, whistle. I'm going to leave old Durham town and the leaving's going to get me down. So Tim- <laughs> yeah, he would just basically, he said anything that was vaguely like a song. Normally he'd get the words wrong. I think that was probably one of the that few times good, ever actually. that he actually... And in tune, I thought. He got, yeah, I mean, that was one of his better performances. It's a no from me, I'm afraid. I think so. Yes. Back to talk. Can I just say, yeah. Hinders of Swindon, still very much going strong. Well done to God them. God bless them. Uh, the big bait store in Swindon. So it's great. To, some things haven't changed in 2004. Anyway, keep going. Good news. Back to TalkSport's coverage of England's tour of the West Indies now and Big Al. Now, you'd think we'd be talking about Manchester or you Glasgow, would. wouldn't you? But no, we're talking about the Caribbean. We're talking about Grenada. Uh, let's cross over there because the fourth match in the series is meant to be taking place in Grenada. Oh, OK, <laughs> they're going to play in Spain. <laughs> let's play Grenada or Grenada. Question one. They must have done that as a quiz, I would have thought, at that time. Sticking with the cricket, it's Mark Nicholas again. The first game of the World Cup in Cape Town against South Africa. Sarwan suddenly just exploded, made a fast 50. Sorry, <laughs> a smart fifty. I think he meant to say. Or a fast he, fifty. He said, "Yeah." He, he, he also said he uh, he exploded. So maybe maybe it was right all along. I've got no idea. Uh, this is uh, Nigel Botherway again with a caller on Fisherman's Blues. I wish I was a teenager again with my rod and my push bike. Oh, so do I. Especially knowing what you know now and the tackle you've got now. Fair play. Yeah, we've had lots of those over the years. We, we don't yeah. do those anymore. No, we don't. Uh, Gary Newborn on the five oh five phone in now. Let's take a Bradford fan, Matthew from Leeds. Bradford in real trouble in the first division and going down. Uh, But Wimbledon are down and Bradford are just about down. You cannot possibly make that up, really, Matthew, can you? You are relegated. In all honesty, I'm a a Brentford fan. I don't give a monkey's about about Bradford. I think Phil's going to sound like a Brentford fan. Yeah, he? I'm a Brentford fan. Uh, Stan Bowles, Terry Erlock. We've had, um, yeah, we've we've had quite a few like that for Gary. He was obviously getting duff information, but he would do the show from home oh, back really? in the day. Don't oh, you remember? Uh, yes, I had this, so. I had this image of Gary just sitting there in his pants doing the whole show because uh, no one could see. And this is, you know, in the days when people really didn't do their shows from home very much. This is uh, European football expert Mike Parry now. But I mean, are they now? Literally, sort of questioning, you know, Beckham's contribution to um, Real Madrid and comparing him to uh, Ronaldinho's contribution at uh, Barca. Barca, Barca, Barca. <laughs> uh, it went a bit Dutch there, didn't he? Yeah. Never mind, Mike. Have another go. Have another go, Mike. Right here we go. Norman um, says, "Why have United got upset with Real Madrid and Barca?" Barker, Barker, was that Sue, Ronnie? Well, no. Blimey. Um, and this is uh, back to Nigel, by the way, again, and a caller who had an interesting fact. He went indoors and he came out with a book on catfish. Yeah, yeah. For breeding them and that. Oh, fantastic. If you put all males in the lake, they change sex. Hasn't nature got a wonderful way of solving problems? Yeah, they change sex if you put all males in the lake. Oh, well, that's something I've learned this morning, and I've fished for catfish in lots of places of the world, but I would never knew that. That's brilliant Yeah, they to change know. sex if you put all males Thank in the lake. Yeah, we get the idea. <laughs> they, change, they change sex if all the males are in the lake. They change sex. <laughs> yeah, he seems to like that, doesn't he's he? He's very excited by that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, What's next? And finally, staying with Nigel and another caller. 
Great to hear from you. I was thinking of you yesterday. I don't know if you heard someone texted text me they'd had a 30 from your lake. Really? Yeah. Which lake? Well, I think it's yours. Is it Gull Lake? Yeah, it was, yeah. It yeah, was, yeah, someone texted in. I can't remember the name now, but they'd had a 30. Oh, yeah, there was. Yes, that's right. There was... Uh, uh, one of the members caught his first 30 ever uh, uh, at the weekend. Oh, you know all about it now, don't you? <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, why, yeah. Why did he deny Hanging it? Nigel out <laughs> the dry for about two minutes there, wasn't he? he was. Anyway, there we are. We dusted those down for you, literally. Uh, a box of old mini discs. And we'll have a few more from uh, from 2004 of similar vintage uh, next week. Lovely. Now, I, on Saturday, myself and the producer, uh, John Cadigan, we went off to uh, Farnborough. Mm. They had a special game. We mentioned it last week. We spoke to the chairman there, Simon. They had a special game in uh, memory of Andy Smart, our good friend who sadly passed away last month. And Andy was a big Farnborough fan. Not just that, he was the co-commentator in uh, recent Mm. years for the in-house sort of radio station on the app. And uh, they named... It was lovely. They put up a plaque. I sent it to you, Andy, didn't I? And a few people may have seen it on social media. They put a plaque up um, and they've named that commentary possession uh, position in his honour. Mm. And also, it was a lovely touch. The guys were telling me this is where Andy used to sit. He always did his commentaries in this same spot. And uh, Simon, the chairman, would... Because he, he did it for nothing. He just did it for the love. And he always felt Andy deserved a pint, a free pint. So <laughs> Simon, the chairman, would go out and uh, and, and buy him a, give him a pint of uh, Thatcher's, pint of cider, every game, just as he started his commentary. It's a lovely moment. One of the guys... <laughs> Did the same thing, just in his commentary position. One final pint, sort of put it in his position. It got a few of them going, I think, uh, yeah, nice. at the game. But it was a, 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 all the money was raised for crisis on the day. And uh, they had a fantastic turnout and a lot of money was raised for a charity that was close to Andy's heart. And it was a good day. And uh, it was against Wildstone. It was good mm. to see a game of football again. I'd not watched a game of football for a few weeks. <laughs> That's true. And there was a few trialists in there. Yeah. Um, and a lad came on, trialist C, will never... He's like the masked footballer. <laughs> uh, trialist C, number 15, came on for Wildston because it was, it was two each. It was a decent game. Yeah. And he turned the game. I, mean, I, I, th- I don't think it'll be a trialist for much longer. I think he might get a contract. He's got two very, very good goals. Something we were saying, something the Kevin Francis about him. Good mm. feet for a big man mm. and scored... You know, he could be At listening this afternoon. Yeah. Scored a couple of good goals and it was 4-2 in the end to Wilston. But, uh, yeah, thanks to everybody who went along. I'm sure on behalf of um, Farnborough and everybody who donated to Crisis. And um, next season, we're go- it was interesting talking mm. to the owner of the club saying the profile that just Andy's little mentions of Farnborough gave the club. So in Andy's memory, we're going to do a little thing uh, during next season, but we'll keep our powder dry on and uh, tell you more about that nearer the time. When I heard that the King of Spain was at the tennis yesterday, I thought, what's Ashley Giles doing? Yeah, those... I wonder if everybody's still got one of those mugs at home, the old King of Spin mug, yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We've got the TalkSport trophy. Back in the day here on TalkSport, we Mm. used to have breakfast versus drive, a little grudge match, and Andy and I... Um, because our old um, studios were right opposite five-a-side pitches. We would get up on the roof and uh, we'd be uh, co-commentating. Mm. I think it was Ian Dantry who was commentating was when he Dan's, wasn't playing. Yeah. He's going to commentate this time. Uh, and it is Alan Brazil's breakfast team uh, mm. versus Adrian Durham's Talk Sport All-Stars in a five-a-side rolling subs with the emphasis on rolling, I would <laughs> imagine. So uh, ex-players and celebs going to be dusting off their football boots Biggest event of the summer, of course. Um, now, uh, Gabby Agbonlahor has been named as captain of the breakfast team. Um, Darren Bent uh, is the uh, skipper of the TalkSport All-Stars and the prize on offer is the TalkSport trophy. We're going to broadcast the whole show live uh, on air. Uh, we'll have all the YouTube build-up, we'll have the coverage of the match on YouTube, commentary, of course, post-match reaction in drive. Um, and every day next week, they'll be revealing the star names taking part on breakfast. But I do believe... Well, let me just give you the management lineup. The mm. team breakfast team so far is Alan Brazil was the manager, assistant manager Dean Saunders, uh, captain Gabby Agbon, or say more next week on breakfast. Mm. The TalkSport All-Stars uh, manager is Adrian Durham. Uh, we'll come on to the uh, player-slash-assistant manager after I've given you the team. So, apart from Benty, who's the captain, it is his old mate and former teammate Darren Ambrose... Right. Jermaine Pennant. 
Yes. Anton Ferdinand. Hmm. Rory Jennings. No idea what he's like. Well, who knows? Could yeah. be a man. You know, he, he, he gives quite a lot of players a coating, so he's now he's got he's got to walk the walk. He's talked the talk. <laughs> exactly. Um, Charlie Baker, as uh, we discovered last week, is just a quite terrible tackler. Clogger. Uh, a clogger. A clogger yeah. Lloyd Griffith, goalkeeper. Goalkeeper. Very yeah. good keeper, Lloyd. Good keeper, yeah. Spencer Oliver from the world of boxing. Yeah. And I'm not going in two-footed on him. That wouldn't be a good no. idea. Alex Crook is playing. I've not seen Crookie play, so who knows what to expect? Jimmy, Bull- I know what to expect. Jimmy, Bu- oh, aye, aye. Jimmy Bullard uh, is not a lot of movement with him. I Jimmy, guess. Jimmy Bullard is turning out for that the All Stars, which is, I'm sure is of great interest to our next guest because he's not just the assistant manager; he's playing in the game. I know, yeah. He fancies a kickabout, unlike. Andy T there, he's, he still fancies pulling the boots on. It is the former Old City manager, Phil Brown. Good afternoon, Phil. Good afternoon, guys. It was a great build-up there. I'm glad you uh, finished with me and not started with <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's, look, there's some decent lads in there. I think we've looked after them. So, although Benty had his op recently, I still think he's a, he's a bit of rehab going on. But uh, there's some good players in there. I'm doing a bit of research on them already. You know, when you're when you're assistant manager and, and Adrian Durham's going to be in me saying we need to make changes because we're five nil down. <laughs> um, I've got to know who can play where. And it, it doesn't look like there's too many defenders. I know I've got mm. my old mate Anton Ferdinand there who can defend, uh, but I'm telling you, it seems a very very positive lineup. Then we've got strikers galore. We've got midfield players that go missing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a it's a real tough lineup. And you want to play, Phil. So when, when was the last time you played? Oh, Andy, it's, uh, <laughs> I always uh, I always used to join in small sided games at the end of the uh, at the end of the week. You know, you'd have a an eleven v eleven on a Thursday and a Friday, and, and then when the guys had done all that technical work, we'd finish off with a little five a side with the younger lads. But they used to run run circles around me. Honestly, they were just too much energy. Uh, but I can stand there and still pass it, so <laughs> hopefully the pitch is not too big. You were a defender, though, Phil, when you say so you'll be expected to sort of do a bit at the back, I would think. Well, that's the thing about these five-a-sides, these eight-a-sides, these small-sided games. Everybody likes scoring goals. Everybody wants the glory, and, and there's not too many behind the ball anymore, you know. But mm. uh, the modern-day game seems to dictate uh, you've got to play glamorous kind of football, you know. Just looking at the new Spurs manager, who wants to uh, manage Spurs and watch the kind of football he wants to watch. So we've got to be playing the kind of football that Adrian wants to watch. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. going to be interested in some of his team talks. It's going to be he pop- could be a teacup thrower, Adrian. I think he could be. I mean, he could be. I remember that famous bit of footage of uh, his great friend Barry Fry. Don't you mean? <laughs> he could be like Baza, teacups in the dressing room and effing and jeffing. So who knows what to expect? I hope he's got the same character as Barry Fry waiting for some laughs, if that's the case. <laughs> and, well, Jimmy Bullard, you'll have him on free kicks. I imagine he'll be wanting to take them, won't he, as well? Well, I mean, the great story when Jimmy did that, uh, you know, he obviously got the equaliser at Man City and, and just forgot, if you watch Sky and watch some of the, the footage of Jimmy Bullard when he scores the equaliser goal against Man City, they've already got this half-time team talk lined up and Jimmy just completely forgets it. You know, he's he's one of these guys that lives for the moment, you know, lives in the moment. Yeah. And he's off and, and celebrating towards the whole City fans. Next thing you know, the lads are pulling him, saying, come on, let's do the <laughs> celebration, which they'd already organised. But when, when Jimmy did that, I mean, we were 1-1 with about five minutes to go at Man City. And I thought, what a turnaround this is. We've been lumped 5-0 or 5-1 the previous year. So 1-1, I thought, I'll take a point now. So I had to try and get Jimmy out of the midfield berth, you know, that, that safety mechanism where you're putting three and four in there to protect the two centre-halves. I had to get Jimmy out of there and I just said to him, Jimmy, go and play number 10. And as soon as you mentioned number 10, Jimmy Bullard was, oh my word, he's a Brazilian all of a sudden. <laughs> he was off. It was the best thing I said to him and obviously we got the point then. Yeah, that was that was great. That well, I don't know what you made of it. You probably saw the funny side, but after the the the, the uh, halftime teams, what you did on the pitch, yeah, that, that was Jimmy's goal celebration. Did, you knew it was coming, did you, Phil? When they, when I, they did it? I had a sniff. I had yeah. a sniff. I've, I've got to see it. I, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm. I'm waiting to see Adrian. If he's not a teacup through, I wonder if he'll do a halftime team talk on the pitch. When you've got five sides, you tend to do the the, the talk on the pitch anyway. So. Yeah. If there's any cameras and radio interviews around, I'll be quite interested in what he has to say. Well, he spent years and years giving Nathan Wenger clog on the Daily Arsenal. So maybe he's like a very cerebral manager. Maybe he's very laid back. Maybe he's like a gentleman. Yeah, I think he... I think Stopwatch he, yes. manager. No, I think he... I don't I think, think he'll go I, the, one, 
The one thing I will add, though, guys, I mean, the media, and I, I'm not here to, to blow smoke by any stretch of the imagination, but the media guys are now well-versed at coaching, at management, and sometimes they're walking in them press conferences. And as a manager, you've got to, you've got to stand up to the question because the question could be from a, a guy who, who's got a pro licence, so he, he might yeah. have a diploma in, in the world of football. So you've got to respect the question. And uh, I'm going to be interested in what Adrian has to say and maybe pose a little question to him afterwards. It's, it's only, remember one of the games years ago they played. Alan still had all Alan Brazil played, and he still had all the touches. You can still see it. You know, he never. Can, oh, yeah. I mean, he, he'd be the first to admit he'd had a back issues and his mobility wasn't great, but you can still see the touches. And Rodney Marsh, Rodney was in his probably in his mid sixties, mid sixties, and you couldn't get near him. There was all these kids playing, and he just the I've never seen a, a bloke hold players off so brilliantly. He was still fantastic, Rod. Do you know that the beauty of the game is, uh, you know, we've watched many, many games, haven't we, between ourselves as, as reporters, as, as press or as, as football coaches, managers. When you see a player out there that the game comes to them, mm. it comes to them, you know, they don't have to go and chase it. They don't have to go look for it. The game actually comes to them. Rodney Marsh was one of them. Yeah. You know, Jimmy mm. can be one of them, but Jimmy had this tendency to just run around like a lunatic and try, try and find the game. But you've got players, great, that the game comes to them. And the the older you get, obviously, the game has to come to you because you can't run around anymore. So I think we've got about five or six in our team. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll reconvene tomorrow. Myself and Charlie Baker. Andy, you're back on Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. Fantastic. So do hope you can join us tomorrow from one. If not, the podcast will be available at four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 